All right, welcome back in. It's Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM in the Auburn area. J.J. Jackson and Brooks Childress on Radio Row at SEC Media Days with our good pal Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Gordy, it's always great to see you in person, man. Yeah, guys, always fun to uh, hang out with you guys and be here all week and work long hours, uh, get little sleep, and eat loads and loads of greasy Chick-fil-A. It's always <laughs> fun. <laughs> How many media days is this for you now? Uh, I don't know, close Closing in on a decade. Okay. Maybe it has been a decade because I, I, I came, I think, right when a and in Missouri joined. So, yeah, it's been, look it's at been that. 10 years now. Look at that. We look at the, the conference right now, and obviously so many things are changing and that sort of thing, and there's so much talk about conference realignment, the future of the sport. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of all this? Yeah, real quick, let me go back to the, the media day stuff. Well, the great thing is find, like, the old guys here, the guys that are bald or gray hair. Right. Ask them about the early days of SEC media days. Those are the best because it used to be, like, it'd be at, like, a bar in a hotel, and they would just be, like, sitting at the bar. You would just pull up a chair <laughs> and go, Coach Spur, let me ask you about the season. <laughs> right. Like, that was – like, that can we get cool. back to that? That that's, sounds awesome. That's cool SEC media days, not this. But, uh, no, to answer your question, I mean, the expansive stuff, it's – look, I'm a – I was – raised a uh, diehard college football fan I'm, I'm a purist it I don't like what's happening I mean I'm, I'm a man who likes the traditions and the rivalries and all that and I think geography should play a role in playing teams and conferences and when we literally are adding UCLA and USC to a conference that includes Rutgers in New Jersey like what are we doing it's, it's all about money it's all about you know TV contracts and, and a lot of it is envy it's envy from these other conferences that have looked at what the sec has done and stacking their you know billions in profits and it's other conferences that are uh, getting jealous and saying hey what can we do to to react i did like the comments from greg sankey this week though saying look you know we're fine with 16 we think 16 is a strong number if the big 10 wants to keep adding and they get the 20 you know what that 20 whoever it is still will not compare to the 16 that the sec is, is going to have with the current 14 and adding Oklahoma and Texas, go get Notre Dame if you want. Sure, it's still not going to beat what we have here. So uh, I, I like that. I, I also think, look, man, go look up the, the Merriam-Webster definition of the word conference. It means a collective of uh, schools who play one another, who play one another. If you get to 20, you're not playing one another. Yeah. You're playing a few teams, and you don't have enough football games on the schedule to be able to play everybody. So – um, yeah, I, I think I think you pause it at 16. In fact, we should be talking about kicking some people out. Andy, you better start doing something, Step or, else, up. or <laughs> else you're getting kicked out. So, um, yeah, I just think it's it's uh, it's disappointing. You know, it, it's frustrating, but it is where it is. What it, where it is. So after you put it put it behind the anger and the sadness or whatever it is, you have to just kind of accept where we are. And you know, I asked Greg Sankey about this yesterday. I said. You know, do you have to be proactive and have conversations? And he said, sure. Uh, he said they have a, a group that is doing that and, you know, didn't say anything specific, but I'm sure they've had phone conversations with North Carolina and Clemson and Florida State, Miami, because those all fit the geographic uh, footprint. And let's be honest, that the, you know, if the Pac-12 is going to dissolve, the ACC may be the next to have people jumping ship. But uh, Tony Barnhart, a few other people said to me, they said it's not about prestige of the program. They don't look at it and say, we need Florida State because they're a big school. They look at it as, we already have the eyeballs in the state of Florida with the Gators. It's about eyeballs, and it's about new states and new, new areas. So that's where he said North Carolina would make a lot of sense. Do they have the greatest football program? No. Basketball would be certainly a great addition. 
but it's, it's getting that other state. You have South Carolina with the Gamecocks. So, again, Clemson wouldn't make much sense because you have, you know, another team in that state. They're looking to add new states. So, North Carolina would make a, a lot of sense. I even threw in West Virginia. Their fan base is rabid, and, and you know, football hasn't been up to par as of late. But, man, any fan base who wants to burn couches when they win games, you fit right in the SEC. Adding North Carolina as a native myself, I'm totally in favor of. I think that would be awesome anytime we can give that state some love. It is the greater Carolina. I mean, that's just not up for debate at all. We're not taking Duke, though. Get uh, out of here, Duke. Yeah, we don't, we don't deserve to be in that <laughs> conversation. I want to know this, though, because you mentioned sort of like a Premier League model, and this is off topic for a moment, like, hey, we're relegating Vanderbilt <laughs> right. elsewhere. Has Chris Gordy ever been a part of the Premier League craze at any point in no, your life at I all? I hate soccer. Okay, I, there we go. I am one of those people. I, I, I tell people all the time, I, if, if the World Cup were being played right now and the U, Team USA was in it, I would rather watch a South Carolina spring game <laughs> than watch <laughs> wow. soccer. I'm just that. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm a football, baseball, basketball guy. That's who I am. I'm sorry. I've just <laughs> never come around on soccer and – Look, you guys can love it all you want. The hipsters out there, you can go support them. But I'm going to be watching football. I'd rather re-watch old football games than watch a soccer game. Worth asking. Uh, Chris, going back to the uh, the conference expansion, it's been a year since the news came out that Oklahoma and Texas were joining. You mentioned you you really enjoy the traditional rivalries. How does it feel to be getting some of those back, like Texas A&M, Texas, Arkansas, Texas, from those big Southwest days? Well, it's awesome, but are we going to get them? You know, that's the the next step is, and I know they've talked about it a lot, is how the scheduling format is going to work. You know, are we going to do three permanent opponents and, you know, the rest we jumble up? Is it going to be one? I know most people are going to oppose to just the one permanent opponent oh we have all these rivalries to protect okay well we got to give in we got to give something up to to get this to work but um yeah i mean i would love it but but who's going to tell are you going to tell texas a&m hey uh great to have you here in the conference here's your permanent opponents it's going to be texas uh oklahoma and arkansas like or or lsu and and arkansas like no that's not fair like you know you want to have like whoever the permanent opponents are that you play every year you want to make sure that there's a little fairness in it right so I don't know how they're going to do it uh you know certainly would not be fair to Auburn to you know I know Auburn wants to keep Georgia but like what if they tell Georgia are your permanent opponents every year are going to be Alabama Georgia I don't know who who would throw in a third Tennessee or something like it's kind of not fair to Auburn (laughs) to have the the, you know like Auburn should have the benefit of some years where they play Vandy in South Carolina and you know the the I guess the the easier team so again it's Anything is better than what we have right now. The, the one crossover game, that, and I know everybody loves Alabama-Tennessee for some reason. Tennessee fans still love the rivalry, even though they get their brains beat in every year. Um, and then the one rotational. The problem with that is not all SEC schedules are created equal. LSU's crossover is Florida, who right now they're down, but typically they're a top 10, top 20 type team. We've had years where LSU had to play Florida and Georgia in the East, and Bama played Vandy and Tennessee. That's not, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you told me Alabama went undefeated? Yeah, they had the easier, you know, easier road. They didn't have to play Florida or Georgia until they got to Atlanta. So, yeah, th- there has to be a little bit of a change in, in that. I know people say it's cyclical and, you know, wait till Tennessee turns things around. Yeah, I get it. But, man, we've been waiting a decade now. Like, yeah. Bama's had a bye week basically every week with that rivalry. So, again, uh, hopefully, however they, they do the schedule, we do get more of those. But, Man, be careful what you wish for. I tell people all the time, you know, oh, we want expansion. We want Clemson. We want Florida State. Stop. You don't want good teams. Like, those are teams that make your schedule harder. You should be pandering for 
We want Virginia and Wake Forest and Indiana. Like, those are the teams you should be pandering to add to the SEC because, you know, you got to play an SEC schedule and you want to get as many wins as possible. Without a doubt, that's the goal ultimately at the end of the day, talking about these atmospheres that you want to get to experience too because it's too long that these fan bases get yes. to go to other parts of the conference. How many of the 14 SEC football stadiums have you been to? I've been to a good bit of them. There's a few that I still need to make. I've, I've been to – been to Athens but I haven't been for a football game so okay. I need to I need to go experience that um I would imagine the West is a little bit easier for you to have covered. Yeah, when I was in, when I was in school at LSU we, we did a lot of road trips. Sure. Um you know Auburn we 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 had fun. It was a game uh, gosh, I forget how, was it was it like a 7 to 3 game or something. It was ridiculously low scoring. Uh, Brandon Cox was the quarterback. <laughs> he got knocked out and then he got up and the whole stadium cheered and I just remember this girl next to me yelled Yay, Brandon! I was like, go away. Um, but it was a game where I think Jamarcus Russell hits early Doucette and gets interfered with. One of the defensive backs grabs his arm, and they throw a flag for pass interference, and then they all congregate, and they wave off the flag, and LSU loses as they were putting together a drive to go down and, and try to win the game. So, um, yeah, the, I had a lot of fun, though, at Auburn. Seeing the, the eagle fly around is uh, an experience, gotta experience that it. everybody's got to experience. It was funny, though. I remember in college, I was very confused because we walked around Auburn's campus. We're like, wait, what is their mascot? Is it the Tigers? Is it the Plainsmen? Is it the War Eagle? Wait, <laughs> yeah. what, you know, multiple, multiple mascots. But, um, no, we had a lot of fun there. I had fun in Tuscaloosa. Um, A&M is very underrated. If you guys haven't been there, you have to go to, to College Station. That stadium has had multiple improvements throughout the years. Need to go to Missouri. Um, you know, Clay Travis, years ago, before he transitioned to the political world that he's, you know, he's got going <laughs> now, he wrote a book, um, I forget what it was called, uh, Dixieland Delight, where he went to every stadium in the SEC and wrote about it. And it's a really cool book, and it, and it really is one of those things where it's like, man, that's a bucket list. Like, yeah. if you're an SEC fan, you got to go to every stadium. But you guys make a great point. I mean, you add Texas and Oklahoma, we're going to go broke planning some of these, yeah. these road trips here. Especially with some of the ticket costs. I keep trying to get J.J. to – or I tried to get him – Twenty. we talked about this last night at the media gathering. I tried to get him to go with me to Columbia in 2017 when Auburn made that trip, and he wouldn't do it. And uh, uh, that's, Missouri's a long way off. And I keep trying to get him to go to Fayetteville with me, and he, he won't go to Fayetteville. Yeah. And so I, I'm, we're trying we to have – out for buckets. you, we have been to College Station. Okay. And this show, the Friday before the A&M game in 2019, was broadcasted from the back <laughs> of my car. Oh, nice. Hey, you got to do it. Live do it, on right? the air from the back of the car. Broadcasted is a loose term. Now, did y'all sleep in the car? No. Okay. We were just we – we left that morning. Okay. And drove and made it to College Station that evening. Wow. But when we're in the car, it was like, well, it's – Three o'clock, time to do the show. <laughs> Let's go live. And so we you had found like a Zaxby's or something. We right? should have pulled off. That Raising probably would have been a little bit more efficient. I'm gonna say the worst thing though was it was right after one of the hurricanes came through and Beaumont was flooded out. Oh yeah. And yeah. so we had to go on these back roads north of Lake Charles and mm. into Texas that way. And wow. so our cell phone reception was just going in and out, and we were just losing the station the entire yeah, time. Backwoods, Louisiana, not very good for cell reception. <laughs> um, no, it's it's funny. Fayetteville is one I need to do, too. I've, I've never been up there. Although my friends who've been says, uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Hills Have Eyes, that's what it's like driving <laughs> through Arkansas, middle of nowhere Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. so. Where are you at with Auburn football in 2022? It's interesting. I, I've 
I tend to think, and it's funny, the more Auburn people I talk to, more people are optimistic about Brian Harson than I thought. I, you know, I read message boards and stuff from time to time, and all it is is fire him, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know get rid of him, fire everybody, clean house. Um, I've been surprised how many Auburn fans are, are optimistic and got, or some in like a wait-and-see mode. Well, let's, I'll give Harson another chance. Sure, let's see. I think he's almost like all in. I got nothing to lose now. Yeah. Like they've already tried to get rid of me this offseason. So, you know, if I'm dead man walking and that's going to be my fate eventually, let me just try to win as many games as possible and let's let's go out in a blaze of glory. So, yeah, I mean, he's got his guys now as his coordinators. And I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, Bobo and uh, and Derek Mason, I don't know if they were handed to him or suggested, hey, hey, you're not an SEC guy. These would be great you know, SEC guys to help you settle in or That's whatever. That's how we spun the news. Yeah, but, like, now he's got his his guys. So, like, you're not going to headbutt with them. They're going to do what you want, you know. So, um, man, it's, it, it, it's like everything in the SEC, though. How good is your quarterback? <laughs> you know, that's that's what you got to have to win. I think if, if it is Calzada, I think he's good enough to get the job done. Um, you know, Bo Nix last year was – he had his ups and his downs throughout his career. So it's like, can you be a little bit better than Bo Nix? I, I think Calzada can do that. Uh, obviously, the pinnacle of his career was the the, the Alabama win, and, and everybody goes back to that. But he did have some inconsistencies in other games, and the LSU loss stands out. Um, not able to do much of anything in the second half of that game. So, um, yeah, if it's him, great. If it's Finley, if, if it is T.J. Finley, then it means he's improved. Uh, he had some, you know, his accuracy issues last year when he was thrown into the fire. Um, and maybe he's fixed those, and, and he's ready to go. So, again, it's it's all going to be about who's, you know, which, which quarterback has improved the most and can can uh, run this offense how it needs to be run. But it starts with Tank. It's g- give that yeah. man give that man a million carries and let him go, and um, and by God, don't run out of bounds and go down and <laughs> let the clock run when you need to it. Yes, please. Gosh, those memories hurt. They still hurt and. It was the Iron Bowl that could have been and just wasn't with T.J. Finley. I mean, it's yeah. crazy to think back on that Bo Nix injury and how that kind of shifted the entire discussion. That A&M game in particular, when Zach Calzada was playing for the Aggies against Bo Nix, yeah. there was nothing spectacular about Calzada that day at all. This was after right. Alabama um, had the big win, of course, but there was nothing he did in that matchup that was impressive. Auburn just did nothing on offense themselves yeah and and look he doesn't have to be if it is calzada he doesn't have to be will levis or hendon hooker or you know even bryce young stetson bennett but can he you know can he just give you something there can he be productive and and not lose you the game you know not make the big mistakes uh i think he can do that but again if if albert if you get into games and you're not running the ball and you're forced to pass look it's game over anyway right you know that this is who this team is this is their identity I know we're going to see. I, I, I think we're going to see more passes out of the backfield too, to uh, to Tank and Jarquez. I think uh, you know those wheel routes are going to be utilized a lot this year. So I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. I, I think the schedule's not brutal for Auburn. I think it's. I think they can weather the storm. So uh, it's going to be a fun year to see what they do. We're talking with Chris Gordy. He is the host of the Locked On SEC podcast here at Media Days Radio Row College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Who's got the best defense in the SEC this year? It's Alabama. I hate saying that. I mean, you know, I uh, I get tired of talking about Alabama a lot. <laughs> um, 
they're just good. I mean, Will, <laughs> Will Anderson's the best defensive player in the country. And you don't have to go much further down that list before you get to Dallas Turner, who was a monster last year as a freshman, getting a million sacks. So those guys are back, and they've got other dudes, too, on that team that uh, can get sacks, too. So I, just, I think up front they are going to wreak havoc on offensive lines across across the SEC and across the country. So, yeah, I, I still I have some questions with their secondary, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Eli Ricks. Man, they thought he was going to come in there and immediately grab the other corner spot. And everything we've heard is, the, you know, whatever it is off the field, on the field, learning the playbook, whatever. Nick Saban made comments the other day saying, you know, he's got to do the right things to, to earn his spot. You know, like yeah. he's sending a message basically right. at SEC Media Days. Eli Ricks, you're not, you're not guaranteed one of those starting spots. But we, all the talent in the world, I mean, he was one of the top corners in the country, and we saw it at LSU in the, in the games that he played. So, yeah, I just – and then the linebacker, linebacking core, Christian, or, uh, Henry Toa Toa, um, you know, again, it, it, Tennessee fans just shudder when they hear that name. Yeah. Um, I, Alabama's going to – that defense is going to be sick. I think it's role reversal this year with Georgia and Alabama. Last year, Georgia had the dominant suffocating defense, and – the offense that, that was very balanced, ran the ball, threw the ball well, and won games. At Alabama, they threw the crap out of the ball because they had Jameson Williams and John Mechie and, and Bryce Young winning the Heisman. Struggled with the run game at times. Uh, and then the defense was kind of – it was good, but it wasn't like, you know, lights out Alabama uh, defenses of the years past. I think it's role reversal this year. I think Alabama this year has the lights out suffocating defense. I think they're going to be more balanced on offense. Jameer Gibbs coming in as the running back. I think their M.O. and Saban's M.O. every year has always been run the football, sure. run the football. They're going to get back to be a little bit more balanced. Bryce Young is going to take a step back this year, and I say that not from production, like not from skill-wise, but like when you look at his stats, I think at the end of this year the stats will not be as good as they were his Heisman year, but that's by design. They want to run the football more and be more balanced. So he'll throw for less yards, less touchdowns, but – probably still going to win a bunch of games. You say taking a step back. When you think about more defenses in the league, what does the Georgia defense look like this year? How big of a step back could that mean? Five first-round selections, pretty yeah. damn impressive, and you don't see that every year. Yeah, but they're still going to be good. I mean, <laughs> Jalen Carter is, is the big one to everybody that grabs all the headlines. Linebackers are still good. Secondary is still good. Um, yeah, I, like I, – they're going to not be as good as last year, but what what does that look like? Yeah. Oh, now they're going to give up 12 points a game, or you know, like <laughs> I don't I don't know, but uh, yeah, they're still going to be a good bunch. I'm just that that offense scares me. Um, I, watching them in the spring, uh, the spring game. I don't know if you guys saw it. That Stetson Bennett was having a field day, and really all the quarterbacks were. And Brock Bowers was already the best tight end in the country a year ago as a freshman. Now they get Eric Gilbert in with him. Um, it's a scary, scary offense. I think I think Stetson Bennett is going to put up some big numbers this year, and it's weird because I keep seeing these preseason lists of here's my top five SEC quarterback rankings. I'm like, where is Stetson Bennett in that? And it's like, oh, well, nice kid. You know, it's always like he's always the afterthought. And I think uh, we're going to see the Stetson Bennett revenge tour this year where he's going to shut up all the haters and go, hey, look at what I can do now. So that's just my opinion. I want to shift gears one more time and end with this. Again, Chris Gordy's here with us. Uh, the host of the Locked on SEC podcast. I hate to do this, but I'm going to pander to my audience right now. Sure. How frequently do you see the Jorge Soler three-run homer in game six of the World Series? Um, not very often. I mean, it's it, it stings a little bit, but, they, you know, it would be different if 
the Astros had just bottomed out after losing to the Braves and they were middle of the pack. Astros still one of the best teams in baseball. They beat the Yankees, uh, you know, three out of five and, uh, you know, fighting for the best record in the American League still. So uh, there could be a rematch there. There could, yeah. be, there could be another another World Braves-Astros World Series coming down the pike again. But um, I wouldn't we'll mind see. it. I wouldn't mind it. The Braves just hadn't been to the World Series in forever, so yeah. that was extra special for us. And kudos to them. You've gotten used to it over the past few years. Kudos to them. I know they didn't start the season as great as they wanted to, and then they found their stride. Because yeah. the championship hangover happens. We saw with the Royals years ago, you know, that they, they make a fantastic run, and then they get gutted by free agency and all this, and they just bottomed out yeah. very quickly. The Nationals, two, what, two years ago? <laughs> yeah, the, they won the, the World Series. won the World yeah. Series, and now they're like, Trading guys off and cutting bait, and you know Juan Soto is like the only guy that they can keep uh, or trying to keep. So, uh, yeah, the the run in baseball, the the only ones that have really been able to do it, the Yankees of the '90s, uh, the Cardinals seem to always, you know, they put together multiple year runs, and now the Astros have done it. It will be interesting to see if the Braves uh, can do that. You know, if this was not just a fluke and this was the start of multiple years of great postseason success, and man. How depressing was it to hear that news a few weeks ago where Freddie Freeman's agent was a D-bag? Yeah, golly. And, and uh, that's why he's We not talked there. about that a good bit, Brooks, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, I was going to say, it's never a good thing when you win for the Nationals, when you win a World Series recently, and now your number one star refuses $440 million Yeah, he says, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That's how bad it sucks here. I want out. Like, that's on. Un- un- I was like, I would literally hurt myself running to grab a pen to sign that deal. Like, that's unbelievable. How can we listen to Locked on SEC? Yeah, just wherever you get your podcast, search Locked on SEC. We're on YouTube now, so we do the video version. So I got to, like, put on makeup and look pretty. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just search Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast. And we've had some great guests throughout the week here and uh, continue to do so over the next couple weeks leading up to the start of the season. We enjoyed seeing you at the Senior Bowl. It's been a little bit since then, so it's been great to see you again this week. Yeah, Thanks for taking some time. Sure, and let me just plug one more time. We had Colby Wooden on the show about a week ago. Yeah. And just an awesome, awesome kid. Like, when you hear him, you can't help but root for that kid. And I hope he has a big monster year, and I hope he jumps to the NFL draft because, Let's you know, do it. he has a big monster year. Chris, thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. That's Chris Gordy with Locked on SEC joining us here on Sports Call.